we are in a series called Grow Up. And I'm really excited about the opportunity I have to, today to speak to you. And I want you to know that this last week, while I've been preparing this message, I've been praying for you. And I've been praying that everybody that God wants to hear this message and what he shared with me would be here today. And my hope is that when you leave here today, you will have heard something from the Lord. So, you know, I think they should fast and furious in here. But there may still be seatbelts. Just buckle up <laughs> and, uh, and get ready because um, we're, we're going we're gonna to do the grow up thing. So <laughs> when we were talking about titles uh, and grow up, I, I was kind of laughing because I've, I've heard this phrase before in my own personal life. Um, I think it was my older siblings, actually, who were saying to me, grow up. Could you grow up? I mean, and we've all we've I think we've all heard it and we've probably all said it to somebody. Um, and what we're talking about is and the reason for that, I should say, is, is that we have stages of growth. You know, you, for us, we have the five chairs. Eric did an awesome job explaining this last week. Um, the, the first chair is really what we for us. It's like prenatal, you know. Um, and uh, you're, you're still in the womb, and then you're born, you know, and you're, you're the baby. Then you move to toddler childhood. Then you do adolescence, exciting times, and then you make it to adulthood. And, and these are the stages of growth. And, and what we've done is what we're talking about here is we're talking about this not, for, not from our natural life, but from, from our spiritual life. And uh, I, I can think of someone in particular who told me that spiritually they said, you need to grow up. And, uh, and you know what? Here's the truth. Okay, you ready? I do. I need to grow up. We need to grow up. We need to make it through these stages. So, you know, for, for us, uh, our first year prenatal is kind of when you don't know God really. And you're not sure what's going on, and you, God, and then someone introduces you to Jesus Christ in a way that's like, "Oh man, I want that." And you're born, and in this case, you're born again. That's where we get that phrase, spiritually born. So then you become the baby Christian. Everything's excited. You're on fire. You know, you got the little Holy Spirit fire over your head. You know, some of you're like, "What is that?" Just go with it. Um, and then you make it to uh, childhood, right? And you're kind of. You're in the toddler stage, you're getting a little, you know, spank on the hand a little bit. You're asking lots of questions, but finding out there's something I probably, things I used to do, I shouldn't do anymore. Okay, I'm trying to figure it out. Then you hit the the adolescent chair, spiritually. And the adolescent chair is a very challenging place. It's a very difficult place because now I'm not just taking it. I'm, I'm grappling with the what and the why of my faith. And things are starting to change over here. I mean, the adults were always over here helping me. And now I'm kind of going on my own here some and I'm being called to do things. And, you know, it's it's not a comfortable place. And here's the truth about this chair. Okay, it's not easy to be an adolescent spiritually, just like it isn't in your in your natural life. It's not easy. And it's a challenge. And a lot of people get stuck here. And a lot of people walk out on their, uh, leave their faith and walk out on Christianity here. Um, and then after you've uh, had all this fun in adolescence, you get to move to being uh, a spiritual adult. <laughs> 
So these are our, these are our um, steps of growth. And if I could talk just a little bit more, oh, I'm sorry. So what we're going to talk about today, the exciting part I get to share is on adolescence. And what I'm going to talk about is the, what needs to happen here to get you to adulthood. Now, Eric did a great job of explaining all these. You can go to the podcast and, and listen. You can get the CD. We, I think we have it out there. And, and you can listen to what um, each one of what happens at each one of these stages. But today we're going to talk about adolescence. Because the fact and the truth is it's not easy to be an adolescent. In fact, it's very hard. And, and to make this transition from adolescence to adulthood, you need something. And there's one thing, there is one thing you absolutely have to have that if you don't have, you will not make it from adolescence to adulthood. And what's interesting about this thing that you need to have is that it's been in your Bible for 2,000 years. It's been in your, in, on your shelf, in your house, in your, at your mom's house, on the, on the coffee table, in the living room. It's been sitting there. This one thing that you have to have to get from adolescence to adulthood, the information is, is right there, this one thing. And you might think, you know, well, so, okay, so it's hard work, right? Every, you know, it's hard work because you have to work hard, you know, to get from adolescence to adulthood. Uh, no, that's not the thing. You do have to work hard, but that's not the thing that you have to have to get there. So it's being smart, right? Smart, wisdom. The Bible talks a lot about wisdom, so it's wisdom, right? i got to have wisdom. Well, no, that's not the thing that you absolutely have to have to get from adolescence to adulthood. It's not the thing. I mean, it helps, right? It helps to be smart. It helps to have wisdom and those things, but that, that is not the thing that will get you there. So here's the thing. The thing that helps you move from adolescence to adulthood is perseverance. It's perseverance. And basically, that's really bad news. <laughs> that's really hard news. Um, this uh, perseverance like isn't on our list. It's like not on my list of things I pray for. You know, I don't pray for patience and I don't pray for perseverance. Um, it's not it's not the thing that I am looking for that I want. It's it's just not it's not something I want to do because the reason is, is because of the definition of perseverance. The definition of perseverance is the refusal to give up. We have to refuse to give up. And what happens in adolescence is this. My, my parents made me, forced me to get a job. And so now I'm there. You know, I've got my little um, McDonald's visor on and my, my uniforms, a trainee, Joey. And I'm right here. And then I'm standing there at the counter trying to work the cash register. And there's some old geezer in my mind because I'm 16, he's, you know, and he's screaming at me because he did a special order at McDonald's. So I'm already thinking he's an idiot. Doesn't he know they can't do that? But OK. And, and the world is coming to an end for this guy because there's he asked for mayonnaise and he got mustard because that's what they put on their burgers. And I'm standing there as the adolescent going, you know, what? I didn't sign up for this. 
This isn't something I wanted to do. In fact, what I was thinking is they would pay me because I showed up. I'm here, so pay me. Okay, I'll push a broom. You know, and I, I thought it was going to be an easy job. I mean, what, what, what do I have to say? Do you want fries with that? I mean, I, th- I, was, I thought it'd be easy. So this guy's screaming at me, and what's going through my head is this. I didn't sign up for this, and I quit. I quit. And this happens to us spiritually in our walk, because what happens is that we are really, all the, all the way up to this point, all the way up to this point, our world pretty much revolves around us. I mean, from brain development, if you want to look at the natural life, from brain development, you really don't reach a place called formal operations until you get to this chair. And then you're able to really conceptually think of people outside of your world as having their own world, because really all there, everybody's here for me, right? Because that's what my experience has been, right? And so I'm in this position of where my world, my world revolves around me, but as an adult, the adult life is where you figure out that, hey, the world doesn't revolve around me. There are other people. And in fact, spiritually, as a spiritual adult, I now have to make the shift to say my world revolves around them. My world revolves around what God is asking me to do. And it's usually almost always serving others. And I have to make this shift from my world revolves around me to uh, my world revolves around others. And the only way to do that is to refuse to quit because this is what God does. Okay. God says, okay, your world has revolved around you so far. And that's normal because, you know, this is where you're at in your spiritual development. You've reached adolescence. Okay, but, but now I'm going to pull back some. And I'm going to push you out there so that you can go out there. I'm a good parent, so I'm going to let you make some mistakes. You know, I got my boundaries. You'll be okay. I'll let you make some mistakes. I'm going to let you fall on your face. And I'm going to let you, you know, I'll pick you up, I'll clean you up, we'll do it again. And you're going to get out there because your faith needs to be tested. Amen. Your faith needs to be tested. We need to, we need to get to a place where we realize, okay, yeah, the world doesn't revolve around me. And wow, God is so much bigger than I thought. And he has stuff he wants me to do. But uh, when you're an adolescent, I'm, how many of you heard this? I've heard the kids say, you know, I've been practicing for years with his basketball. Dude, when I get 19, I'm walking on to the Chicago Bulls. Me and Jordan, we're going to be like this because I'm all that. Right? Right? When I was a kid, I was, I was a hockey skater. That was my thing. I, I, I skated hockey. And, and um, I, I watched a Kings game, L.A. Kings. And I skated better than those guys. Truthfully, I do. I need to work on the sticking skills a little bit, you know, handling the puck. But I could walk on and skate. At me and Wayne Gretzky, we were, I could do it. Right? And spiritually what happens here is we do this thing. And it's like, you know, I feel the Lord's calling me to, to, to be on the worship team. So, you know. Which is probably true. God's saying, it's time for you to get out there and serve. Go. And so our thought is, finally, somebody's going to replace the lady in the worship. It's going to be me because this voice is from God. 
you know, and she seems out of key sometimes. So I'm going to step in. You know, we're going to fix all the problems with the worship team because I'm in choir in high school and it's we're all that. And, uh, you know, right. So we show up for practice uh, or for tryouts. Right. Show up for tryouts. And, uh, you know, we try out and all that. We get the phone call and and. And the worship leader says, hey, thank you so much for coming. Really enjoyed you. You were so awesome for being willing to serve. The position we have for you is um, we need someone to help set up and tear down. What? I, I, I've been practicing in the shower. I have a vocal coach. I, what? You know, when I heard from the Lord, he said... I was going to serve on the worship team. I got it all in my head what that's going to look like. And it wasn't cables. I mean, look at these nails. Do you see I'm, I'm going to be plugging stuff? Come on. This, this can't be right. I don't want to do this. I quit. I quit. And many people leave their Christian faith because they don't get this. They don't persevere. But our faith absolutely has to be tested. We absolutely have to get out there so that we can get some humility. Right? Because everybody, every adult knows, oh, worship team, yeah, you need to do set up and tear down first. And after you work for that for a while, and we can see that you actually have some humility and can work on it, then we'll move you into maybe background vocals um, if you can sing your way out of a paper bag and we'll have you do that and then we'll have you, you know, that was a joke. It was OK. So we'll have you, you know, do the other things. Every adult knows that because they know that adolescents need that. Right. Because this is the truth. As adolescents, we have no we have no understanding of the task. None. You know, I ride a bicycle. My father in law gave me a bicycle and I, I started riding it. Eric, this guy, I swear. Hey, man, let's ride. Okay, 20 miles. What? <laughs> so I rode the 20, and I'm like, oh, I, I did it. I wasn't sure if I could, you know. And he's like, yeah, let's do 100. I'm like, what? You know, I've never ridden 100 miles. I have no idea what that really is. Can I even really do that? But I'm old enough to know that that's not a simple task. It's not easy. And I'm going to have to train and I'm going to have to prep. I'm going to have to do a lot of work if I'm going to be able to ride 100 miles. And then he says, hey, we did the 100. How about the 500 this summer? Right? This September. Let's do 500. You're out of your mind. <laughs> 500 miles in five days. Oh, it's for charity. Okay. Let's do it. Yeah, so I've ridden it twice. It's in the top 10 best experiences of my life. But I'll tell you this. Um, as an adolescent walking into that, if I went into that with a concept that, um, yeah, 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 I got this, no problem, like we do when we're in that space as an adolescent, um, I, they would have left me, right? I would have been in the van half the ride uh, because I really didn't understand the task. After I rode 100 miles in the Santa Fe Century, I was like, you know, OMG, this is nuts. This was so hard. I think it took us 10 hours. Yeah, it was awful. So, you know, what was I talking about? Okay, so adolescence, right? So you can't quit. So I, I mentioned the Bible earlier. 
because this is where I get the term perseverance. So here's the verse. Here's our verse today is from James 1, and it's we're going to go 2 to 4. So James, let me just tell you about James. Okay, James is, a, is, the, is the spiritual leader, the, the pastor, if you will, of the Jerusalem church. Also Jesus' brother. And James, the, the people in Jerusalem, they're really dealing with it. You know, the trials they're dealing with isn't the, you know, you're not on the worship team thing. I mean, they're getting throttled in the marketplace. They're getting jailed, um, sent up so Nero can have fun in the Colosseum with them. I mean, it's bad stuff that they're dealing with. And uh, and James writes this, which is really funny because it's it's like the second verse of his letter. The first part's like, hey, it's James, what's up? And then he, then he says this, he says, consider it. Pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. So, if, if you're an adolescent, you read this, you go, absolutely not. No, I will not do that. That is nuts. That is absolutely crazy. If you've made it to adulthood, and you're in that situation, you understand the second part of the verse, which is, because whenever you face trials of any kinds, uh, I'm sorry, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Oh, there's a purpose to this. There's a the purpose to this thing I'm going through. I'm in a classroom, not a prison. So in, the, in God's classroom, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to learn. So I'm going to count it all joy because I'm getting to learn something new. I'm going to grow in my faith and, and perseverance. The not quitting is, is what's going to get me to adulthood. You see it here in the next verse. Let's let perseverance. He's saying, don't quit. Don't quit. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, not lacking anything. How many of you would like to be mature enough that you have a sense of I'm not lacking anything. Yeah, me, I like that because, you know, I like to think I'm in the fourth chair, but I'm really like three and three quarters into the fourth chair. You know, I'm, I'm chair three with three quarters over there. I, have, I still have to grow. You know, I guess, I, I don't know, when you're 80, maybe you're fully in. Hopefully it's not that long. But <laughs> But what James is saying here is, you know, you need to let perseverance finish its work, which means you need to not quit so that you can be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And that gets you to the fourth chair that gets you to a mind shift that says, oh, this is about growth. I'm going to grow. And you know what? I'm going to go through this hard thing. And then I'm going to help this baby Christian because they're going through it, too. But they have no tools, no skills spiritually to handle it. Right? The adult is the one who cuts up the meat for the child. Right? And that, that adult can help this person because they're not so wrapped up about themselves and their world. And, you know, if you're an adolescent, I'm not beating up on you because everybody goes through this. And it's a normal time. And we all have to, we just have to grow. And we have to mature. And the only way to do that is to persevere. Okay? So, that's the growth thing. 
And the thing we absolutely have to have in order to make it from the third chair to the fourth chair is perseverance. I feel like it's, a, it's appropriate and we need to talk about the question that we often, often ask. Because sometimes the trial we're dealing with is not, I didn't get on a worship team, I hate this, stomp, stomp, stomp. It's more like I was diagnosed with something. Or there have been huge changes of work out of my control and I got a new boss and he's a jerk. And I'm dealing with a lot of stress in that. Or other types of situations that are big like that and that are long-term, especially, you know, I had an issue with a pain coming across into my neck. Anytime I cough, sneeze, or laugh, it would get shooting pains, go up the side of my head, into my eye. For four years, I had that. So by year one, I'm starting to think, this is starting to look like my new normal. Am I going to be able to cope with this? You know, and I prayed. I prayed all the time. And, and God didn't really answer. I was standing in a circle one time, praying. And this guy over here, after the prayer, said, you know, I feel like God said the healing's on its way. I'm like, when? <laughs> it's been two years. When? You know, so four years later is when it was. Um, so God has a really big watch. You know, and the, the hands move really slow sometimes, I guess. I don't know. I was thinking to be like, bam, right? Because I'm over here. Fix it. So the question we ask, the question we ask in this time when we're dealing with something like that is this. Does God care about me? Right? Does God care about me? I'm going through this thing. Uh, God has said he's put me out there. Let's pull back a little bit. I don't sense his presence quite the same as I did over here. I mean, does he care? Does God care? And the answer is this. Absolutely he cares. Absolutely he cares. In fact, in, in James' verse, he says, because you know that your faith is being tested. It basically, you're in the classroom. You're in a growth. You're in a growth spot. So I don't, I don't know about you as a parent, but if I didn't care about my kids, I wouldn't care what they did. I wouldn't correct them. I wouldn't tell them, hey, no, you shouldn't do that. I wouldn't advise them. I think this is better than that. And do your homework, for Pete's sake, right? I wouldn't do all of that if I didn't care about my kids. So when I'm in the third chair and I'm going through some situation like this, I'm in a gro- if I have a growth mindset that God is growing me, then I know absolutely that God cares about me. Okay, so they did this study, and I love these things. The, I, have you heard of this thing, uh, TED Talks? I don't know who TED is. He talks a lot, but there's this TED Talk thing. Um, this was a TEDx that my wife saw. Um, it's about classroom stuff, and they, they're scientifically basically proven that the way Jesus did his thing was absolutely the right way to do it. And I love when science brings, brings out something that, you know, they're like, this is new information. I'm like, um, 2,000 years ago, that was written down. But, okay. So um, they, did, they did a study, and they're working with kids, um, and there, there are two types of mindsets that, that they see in kids. They see the, the growth mindset and the fixed mindset. Okay? And, uh, and what they did, they did the study, and, and the, they had seven year, uh, seventh graders, 
um, doing different puzzles and different tests, and they would give him different feedback and stuff like that. So the feedback they would give is like on the one side, they would on the fixed mindset, um, they would tell him, you know, you're smart. Wow, you did really good. You must be really smart. Right. And then on the growth mindset, they said, wow, you did really good. You must have worked really hard. Okay, so what they found was that this affected the kids grading. So growth kids grades went up because they had a growth mindset and fixed mindset kids went down because here's the truth. This is the absolute truth. If you did well because you're smart then when you did bad, it's because you're dumb. If you're, you won because you're a winner, then when you lose, you're a loser. That's a fixed mindset. A growth mind says, wow, you worked really hard. That's why you did good. So when they didn't do good, well, I just didn't work hard. But I could still do it. Give it to me again. I'll work harder. I can do it. Over here, it's so interesting The kids in the fixed mindset lied about their results three times more than the kids in the growth mindset. Okay? So what happens is in a growth mindset, you're worried about how you're going to be judged because I'm smart, but I didn't do well, so I must be stupid. Um, Effort is for those with low capabilities. I'm smart. I don't need to work. Okay? (laughs) Right? Setbacks um, show instability. Right. And the growth mindset, you're they're focused on learning. Effort is the way to grow. Right. Setbacks are are part of growth. They're part of growth. So in James first, he's saying count it all joy because you're going through this hard time because your faith is being tested and you're going to get that stick to that perseverance, that refusal to give up. And that's what's going to get you to the fourth chair of maturity. That's what he's saying, right? And he didn't even, he didn't watch the TED Talk. I don't think he watched it. He didn't watch the TED Talk, but he got it. So what happens for us is that we get this fixed mindset and we get it. I think it really comes with the term Christian. When we get named Christian, um, all of a sudden it's like all these things come with it. Because if I do well, it's because I'm a Christian. If I don't do well, I'm not being a very good Christian. Right? And so with a fixed mindset, we start saying God couldn't possibly care. Because one, I look bad and this isn't supposed to happen. Um, I can't cope with this alone, but I feel alone. Because God could, couldn't possibly care. I worry about being judged by other Christians because... I'm not coping well. Uh, I, I'm realizing that I shouldn't have trusted God. I can't trust God. I'm, now I'm starting to think, I don't think God exists at all. In fact, ladies and gentlemen, I quit. I'm out. Not doing it. Right? And that, that's, that's what happens with a fixed mindset. And a, and a growth mindset says this. I'm growing. I'm in a classroom. I, I like the rabbis taught their kids, like Jesus taught his disciples. I'm here to learn. And, and the fact that God's teaching me means God cares. I know he's not absent because he's teaching me. I'm learning. And God's not ambivalent because if he was ambivalent, then I wouldn't be going through this for him to help me. Um, so I can trust him. 
So I can believe in God's character. When we don't trust God, we're, 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 we are making a comment about his character. So I can believe God. In fact, I can have faith. My faith is being tested, and I'm going to trust. So let me give you a quick example of this, okay? So Jesus, Jesus is with his disciples in, in some town that's hard to pronounce. I can't remember. And he, they're all, like, hanging out, and this guy comes running up, and he says to them, hey, the one you love is sick. Right? The one you love is sick. So he doesn't even give the guy's name. So we know for sure that Jesus loves this guy. So all the disciples are getting up. They're like, okay, well, let's go, right? And, and Jesus says, no, 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 sit down. Thanks. Thanks for letting me know. Well, fixed mindset says, aren't you going to go heal him? Because we put, fixed mindset, we put Jesus in a box. We have some expectations of how Jesus should be operating, especially when my world revolves around me. I want him to fix all of this stuff as an adolescent. Now, right? Gee, if I, if, as, if I was in, in the fixed mindset adolescent, I would write that story as, and Jesus stood up and said, he's healed. Uh, yeah, go tell him I'll see him next week when I was planning to come. He's already healed. Go, right? Because Jesus fixes all the problems like my mommy did. When I was here, like my mommy did when I was here, Jesus fixed mindset, fixes problems. It's all good. But Jesus doesn't do that. He doesn't. He sits there. So growth mindset says, we're not going. No. Okay. I can't wait to see what happens next. You know, I know I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn about Jesus and how, because he does weird stuff. And I'm tracking, I got my notebook, and I've written, I've written a lot of notes, and now I'm going to learn the next thing. This looks like this could be good. So I'm going to, I'm going to wait. I'm going to let it play, right? So if you know the story of Lazarus, Jesus goes after he's dead. Um, he's been dead for three days. He shows up. All, you can see all the fixed mindset people are there. And Mary, um, Lazarus' brother, says to Jesus, <laughs> He says, you know, if you had been here, my brother would be alive. Right? Jesus isn't in a box. He's not in our box. And he basically says, well, I'm here now. I'm here now on my timetable because I'm doing something that is outside of your world. And so, yeah, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus comes out. And everybody's blown away. And the growth, set, the growth mindset guy says, did you see that? <laughs> Got to write that down, right? <laughs> we need to have a growth mindset. And it's this. If we have a growth mindset when it comes to trials and hardship, we can advance to adulthood with some joy in our hearts, some understanding that even though it may feel like God has stepped back, he's not present, he's ambivalent and absent, he absolutely is not. A growth mindset doesn't put Jesus in a box. Right? Give me my next slide. There you go. Okay. So Jesus knows what you're going through and he cares, um, but you can't put him in that box. We can't put Jesus in a box like our parents. We can't control our parents. We can't control Jesus. He's going to do what's best. And it's best in the big picture. It's best 
in the big picture. All right. So I think, go to my next slide there. And, and you can find this in, in Scripture, what I'm saying about Jesus doing his thing and his concern for people who don't quite understand. He says, it, he says this in Matthew 11:5. Blessed is anyone who doesn't stumble on account of me. Now, he says this right around this Lazarus time and also around a time that another uh, person in the Bible, John the baptizer, is in prison. And his disciples come and Jesus says, yeah, go tell him. But Jesus doesn't go break him out of jail, doesn't even visit him in jail, nothing. And Jesus says this, blessed is the one who doesn't stumble on account of me. That's this chair. So when Jesus is working in your life and your faith is being tested, let me tell you something about perseverance. Okay, it's a choice. You have to choose to persevere. And you choose to have faith. And you choose to believe in God's character. And you choose with a growth mindset to say, yeah, God, whatever you want. I'm learning all I can. I'm writing as fast as I can. Could you slow down? (laughs) But let me catch up because I want to get here. Where I lack nothing. Where I lack nothing. So here's our challenge today. Is there a challenge on there? There it is. Refuse to give up. Perseverance is refusing to give up. So so here at the Grove, we have challenges. This is your homework this week. I want you to look at some area of your life where you're struggling. Some piece where you're you realize, okay, yeah, I have a fixed mindset about this thing. And I want you to change it. Your homework this week is to take one area of your life where you have a fixed mindset. You've got Jesus in a box, and you're going to shift that to a growth mindset that says, I am growing because you are present and teaching me. Teach me, Lord. I'm listening. I'll stop complaining now. Right, because I didn't even talk about whining. I wanted to, but there's not enough time. Because I had three teenagers, you know, so I can talk a lot about whining. Not so much as I was one. That's the challenge, okay? So as we wrap up, I just want to give people an opportunity. Maybe, maybe you don't know Christ at all, and and you've, you this whole spiritual thing. You're in the natural life. You can agree with all this, but on a spiritual realm, you're you're still in this chair. You're not really sure if Jesus is who He said He is. And you're, you're, but you don't, you're not sure if you can do the Christian thing. I just want, I can't redefine Christianity for you, okay? But I, I'm telling you, don't miss Jesus. Because in your personal life, in all of what happens in life, getting to this place and moving through these things, you don't have to do it alone. You don't. And there are plenty of people in this room who will tell you, tell you, that it's better. Life is better. Jesus came into my life and he's teaching me, he's growing me, and he's, he's comforting me, he's helping me, and I'm maturing. And my life is different. So as we, you know, just for privacy, we'll just, you know, close our eyes, bow our heads. And uh, I just want to give you an opportunity. If you want to put your faith 
your belief, your understanding in Jesus, recognizing that He is alive and well. I just, just raise your, just slip up your hand. Praise the Lord. Amen. Anyone else? Just raise your hand. Praise the Lord. So let's, let's take a moment. And I'm going to help you get to this place where you're going to move from our first chair to our second chair right now. And the way to do that, the way we engage Christ, is it's the same as talking to anybody else. You start a relationship with Christ. And you're impacted and you grow and you, you start to have a conversation. You talk to him the way, same way you talk to anybody else. So we're, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. We call it praying. Talking, talking to God is praying. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And everybody can pray with me. And uh, you're going to give your life to Christ. And allow him to come in and make a difference in your life. Alright? Let's pray. Dear Jesus. I'm not sure about this whole thing, but I don't want to miss you. And I want my life to be different. I've done a lot of things that were bad, that were wrong. Lord, I ask that you would forgive me of those things. Come into my life. Impact my life. And change me for the better. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.